right, let's go. Let's go. It's the Plank Show on a... What is today? Wednesday. On the home of Sooner fans, the ref. I was asked a very... What are you doing? You got... you. Oh, that's right. I, I understand. You've got to get your feel. You want to make sure the bar... No, I just didn't want to come charging in on you. You don't want to go Benji Bronk? <laughs> Correct. I don't want to do that. No, come on. Come on. It's fine, dude. We're good. We're good. We're good. I, I'm not like Howard Stern. It's okay. Benji. Benji. D- dude, t- uh, Josh, you've got it. Well, he's coming in here. You've got to go back and listen to some of those. They're fantastic. As long the, Here was the problem with Benji Bronk, and we can have a quick little Howard Stern uh, show conversation. The problem with Benji Bronk is when he comes rolling in, he starts eating, and he, and he pops all his stuff open. I mean, that's the problem. Josh just casually sits down, and we start talking sports. It's that easy, dude. No worries. Not much shakes me. And apparently he's, like, sprinting down the hallway. Exactly. You're just walking. It doesn't bother me. So I have – I would never come charge again. That's pretty pretty good stuff. Um, Good morning, Josh. How are you? What's up? Good morning. How are you, my friend? Good. Connor Pasby. First one in today. What's up, Connor? What's up? Yeah. Professional. Trying to get sold in. Josh kind of threw me off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's getting said to Josh. Like, I got this. I got this. I'm like, no, it's fine. This is is one of the fun of having Connor and Pierce for the summer and beyond for Connor. Uh, And I I think I was – I think we're going to – Jalen's going to come in a couple days this week too. So we're getting there. We're getting that depth chart built for the Plank Show. I have have a question right off the top that has really bothered me since – it was reported yesterday, and I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's something that people will want to react to today. So I'm not like throwing it out there to see if you're going to call or check in on the show at six five one three four three nine, or that's the Air Comfort Solutions text line, or the law offices, or excuse me, the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at four zero five three two nine nine thousand. It's just a very simple question, all right, for for all of us and. Again, I don't know where y'all stand on conference expansion now, especially with Big Ten media days going on. Pac-12 media days will be fascinating later this week. <laughs> yeah, it will be interesting. Do you play Uno? I've played Uno. Are you an yes. Uno player? I used to play a lot of Uno. Okay. Not recently, though. Now, Uno is a big game within the Sooner softball family, right? Now, I've never been blessed enough to play with, with Jim or Patty Gasso, but there's been a few road trips where, you know, if it's Dane or, or, or Jake, we have some intense Uno games. But there'll be some Uno games. Gotcha. There, right? And Very it's, nice. It's, it's, but my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter, when she plays Uno, she just lays all her cards out and <laughs> flips them over. Not advised. Not advised, but surprisingly effective because – you don't realize how many times in Uno where just because you know what the other person has, it doesn't help you as much as you would think, right? Now, this isn't Texas Hold'em because if someone just decided to flip their hand over in Texas Hold'em, right? Yeah, you better hope it's a good hand. Right. It better be something you're going to win. And even then, if, if it's a great hand, depending on when you flip it over, <laughs> trying to sucker people into laying a little money down on the table. But, but even with my eight-year-old, right, even talking to Texas, holding any other card, it's not advisable, right? It's not something that you do in this sport. It is frowned upon by Frown, the experts. Frowned upon, right? You don't show your hand. You, you kind of keep it close to the vest. You 
at least in my understanding, and I love to play Texas Hold'em. I mean, I love duh, to play Texas Hold'em, but you don't want anyone knowing what you've got. Uno, you don't want anyone knowing what you've got. In any card game, you don't want people knowing what you've got, right? So first, tip your tie. Right. Why would Kevin Warren show his hand yesterday in conference expansion? Now, again, one of them we all know, right? We all know that Notre Dame's the the big fish in this pond. But according to a report yesterday from Brett McMurphy, and, and I'll be honest with you, well, I haven't seen anyone confirm this report. I sure as hell have seen a lot of people jump on board with it and not deny it. Because what is one thing that I hope you guys have learned from this show that college football reporters love to do more than anything else? They like to confirm a report, oh baby. Oh my gosh, if there is a report, they're going to confirm it. So yesterday, according to Brett McMurphy, in a conversation with Kevin Warren, the Big Ten would consider a combination of Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Miami, and Florida State. And I'm not trying to go the Brian Windhorse. Now, why why would he show his hand? Ah, uh, Kevin Warren. He read my top 25 expansion candidates. Oh, uh, did he? Is that what? How many of those did you have? All of them on there? Every single one of them. <laughs> now... Kevin Warren was a little bit maybe publicly more guarded, right, whenever he came out and said, you know, it's something that we're going to look at. Now, he wasn't quite as as open as that, but, hey, it's always going to be in the cards. But let's, let's first, because I have a theory, and we started to pose it a little bit yesterday, but, Josh, what is – what is the white? And, and again, to be very clear, to be very clear, there hasn't been anyone to shoot this down yet. And listen, Brett McMurphy, his sister is an Oklahoma fan and is a diehard softball fan. So I have no reason not to believe this report. But why would you show your hand like that? What is what is the reasoning behind it? In a game, in this conference realignment game that has been so much about Gotcha. <laughs> or, whoa, where did that come from? Here is apparently Kevin Warren coming out and at least saying to one reporter, you know, there's there's teams on this list that, that we would consider. Now, I again, if Kevin Warren doesn't want this out and the Big Ten doesn't want this out, then you would think, and if there is, I got to be honest with you, I've, I've been on Twitter.com all morning. Unless something came out in the 15 minutes of my drive in from home today, I haven't seen it. Why? Why would he do that? Maybe he does want to apply a little pressure on the SEC and have this thing head in the direction of two super conferences. Though he won't say that publicly, maybe that's his end goal. Maybe now that they're at 16 with USC and UCLA, I know they're joining in 2024 (laughs) – Maybe he wants it out there that, uh, yeah, you know, if you want to add either Florida State or Miami, we're thinking pretty strongly about those two schools out of the ACC. Clemson was not on that list, were they? They were not. Which is interesting. They were not. They should be. But Cal is on there. That's what throws me off a little bit. Out of all those teams, California. They, They like that Bay Area market. They like that San Francisco Oakland, San Diego, that whole area. They, they want more of that Bay Area market. Personally, I think for them, 
if you're going that route, just take Stanford because it makes more sense, and it could be an attractive chip to lure Notre Dame in. I don't. I don't get it. I I don't get why you would say that and exclude. There's there's three teams that have been constantly mentioned by those who have covered realignment that aren't brought up in this. North Carolina. Bingo. Virginia. Bingo. Clemson. Right. I mean, those are – when you – and again, I'm not – I refer to Andy a lot on the show, Andy Staples, because I like his podcast and I like uh, I like reading Andy. And I think he's – I think he and Ari are very sharp and they bring on good guests. And their constant – Selling point in this has been the Big Ten's next step would be Virginia or North Carolina, and usually more towards North Carolina if Notre Dame isn't going to be a part of it. I've I've tossed and turned on this as much as you could possibly overanalyze a conference realignment conversation that doesn't involve Oklahoma. But I, I came up with three reasons why. Number one, you start the wheels for, say, a Miami or Florida State to say, whoa, how can we get out of this grant of rights? That's number one. Number two, it puts a little pressure on ESPN now. And I still think that the only way you see massive shifts in in the ACC is with an outside entity getting involved. The people that tell you, well, the Jason Smith promo, and I don't know why they keep airing the promo, is the is wrongest a word, can I use it, is the wrongest thing I've ever heard, and it drives me crazy every single time. I mean, I guess I guess it's working if the goal is to sound like the stupidest person on the network. I guess if, if that's the goal. It's one of the most baddest statements <laughs> we've heard. So, with that in mind, if it's like, Here's what's going to happen. It's going to end up like this. It's, going to be and, and, and it's like, no, it's – you don't understand. And, and I think this is something I have to sell a lot of people. ESPN is not going to push any of the ACC teams to the SEC. And the SEC, in case you haven't noticed, isn't really being too terribly loud right now about wanting to go get these ACC teams, Right. In fact, they're saying everything. We're pretty happy at 16 right now. Well, and keep in mind, OU and Texas, we're led to believe, came to the SEC. So it's not as though the SEC was making a bunch of phone calls. OU, Texas, come on down. When when, when Oklahoma and Texas call, you answer. I mean, if you were the Big Ten, you answer. So, you know, maybe there's a certain sense of Fox, Big Ten. The Big Ten is Fox. Fox is the Big Ten. I mean, they're, they're one in the same. So maybe this is a way of some good old-fashioned network wars going on where, where Fox is, is trying to get at a couple of properties in markets where they, where they view to be very necessary in markets they don't have in the Big Ten. Yeah, and there's a good little collection of markets there that they could add. North my, Carolina, Raleigh, well, Durham. But, but, but again, North Carolina is not – I'm just talking Miami and Florida State. Because of those that have been mentioned, North Carolina and, and Clemson aren't in there. Good point. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that's the one they're missing. Not your list, their list. <laughs> that, that's the one they're missing. Florida State, though, and Miami, either one gives you a ton of the Florida market, which the Big Ten could use a piece of. Sure. 
lots of West Coast influence there. Was Washington, were they on that list? No, uh, Yes, it was uh, Oregon and Washington. Notre so, Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Miami, and Florida State. Gotcha, okay. So Bay Area, Cal, Stanford, Portland, Seattle, Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame because Notre Dame, got to be on every list, right? So some interesting markets. I think North Carolina, to me, would be the attractive. I know it's not listed there, but if you're talking Virginia, North Carolina, that would be the attractive one to me. North Carolina, uptick in football, basketball's elite. You get the Raleigh-Durham market. By the way, I just want to answer this real quick um, for the 580. Clemson has grant of rights until 2035. They can't leave till till last, and there's no ACC. Well, I mean, so that's the case for every uh, ACC. That's, team. that's not just Clemson, bro. That's every and we're, Miami and Florida State are in the ACC. So keep up. We're we're moving here. We're going today. All right, keep and, up. And here's the thing: programs like we see that 100 plus million dollar exit fee for. Clemson for Florida State for Miami and that's a hefty price tag it is but over the they're locked in plank until 2036 right now right okay by some short math here for you and by the way that's a 120 million dollar exit fee okay that's 14 years away they are going to exceed by leaps and bounds Mm -hmm. over those 14 years that exit fee number so yeah we can look at it up front and it's an it's a gigantic number. Sure. But Absolutely. When you're getting a Big Ten or SEC payout over the lifetime of those 14 years, look, you're coming out ahead. So why show your hand? So why why make this – you know what you're doing when you're leaking this to Brett McMurphy. You know. There's not a – there's not a, oh, this guy doesn't have a following so I can say to him and it's not going to get out. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Just breaking Boston College's heart. So it's <laughs> right. And by the way, they're, the ACC is in this position. Why? Because Maryland left, and they and they jacked up their their exit fees. I think what was was it Louisville that was there for a little bit too. Our Louisville's there now. Um, so they jacked up the exit fees when Maryland left to try to make sure that they would stay together. And then number two, in all of that, they they got their ACC network with which they wanted, and that was. They almost sold their soul to get the network and have long-term stability. So one one reason why you show your hand, maybe trying to get the attention of Miami and Florida State to say, hey, start digging into this a little bit. Number two, maybe start battling with Fox or ESPN, right? Maybe you start a little bit of, well, we are interested in them. Or number three, maybe they're not looking at any of those schools outside of a Notre Dame. Maybe it's a rope-a-dope, right? Because that – that's the that's the only logical thing in some avenues in how conference realignment has gone that would make sense here. Maybe it is a Clemson. While Miami and Florida State are doing their thing, they're doing the grunt work, and then lo and behold, oh look, Clemson and North Carolina and Virginia just became available because Miami and Florida State found a way to get through the grant of rights. So they have all their attorneys and everyone in their law schools looking at it. I, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's to do something to either encourage action for Oregon and Washington to say, well, we're in this mix, so we don't have to go anywhere. I I mean, I'm just I'm trying to think because I don't think Kevin Warren shot from the hip on any of these. I don't think this was just something that was um uncalculated or 
hot takey, right? I don't think he was can't be not from the Big Ten Commission. I don't think he was. I mean, and again, I'm just using this as because it tends to to make people have loose lips. I don't think he was like all boozed up and started laying out teams. Right? Well, we like Cal, let, we like Stanford. Let and, me tell you something about Cal. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. Or maybe it's to increase the value. I I I mean, I saw this yesterday, and everyone goes crazy with it, which they should. And I'm just sitting here wondering why. Why? What's the play? What's the play? And and I think it could very well be a combination of several of the reasons you mentioned. And with that last reason, reason I would just add to it again, what I said off the top, are you trying to mention some schools and motivate the SEC to get this thing to head in that direction? If it's network wars, that would make complete sense. But if it's just Kevin Warren envisioning a future where really it's the Big Ten and the SEC, they've got the full stranglehold on this thing. Mentioning a couple of schools that the SEC has been linked to or interested in, that could start start getting things ticking in that direction with the Miami, with the Florida State. I will say this. Um, he was not shy about – this was a behind-the-scenes thing. You got the audio up where I can play this real quick? I'm sorry. Uh, and I don't know how good this audio is, but uh, they they after he was done, they started to really press in the in the press uh, in the media gatherings about Notre Dame. The Big Ten pursue Notre Dame. You're you're obviously an alum there from the law school, et cetera. It, it wouldn't be prudent for me to pursue anyone in another conference. We already have them in our conference from hockey. Yeah. Uh, you know how much I love Notre Dame, but uh, you and Gene Smith both. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do they do they do they need to be in a conference for, from a football standpoint? As of now, they've been proving it that, that they can make it without being in a conference. So yeah. again, we'll keep doing what we're doing for it, and we'll see how everything plays out. Something happened between that that quote and talking to Brett McMurphy that changed his tone and tenor about whether or not they wanted to have Notre Dame in the conference. But it was a fascinating day yesterday. I wa- Did you end up watching when you got home? You oh, yeah, I watched a it. ton. Watched a ton. I thought it was really good. I mean, I, I don't – I don't know how else to put this, but the Big Ten's media day. Yeah, they do it upright. They they've got a, a schedule. They stick to it. They've got now people that are there might say, "Oh yeah, well they treat radio guys like every other media day does." Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the television side's great. They did a great job. Who was it that they kept begging for questions for, and no one was asking him? Oh, uh, Pat Fitzgerald. It's like <laughs> anyone got any more questions for Pat Fitzgerald? Anyone have any more questions for Coach Fitzgerald? What he says, like, well, when you win like three, four games, and people don't want to talk about your program, so oh man, it was yeah, and I don't think they're going to be very good this year either. I agree. All right, quick break. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Why show your hand? Some might say, did he show his hand? Some might say, well, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a misunderstanding in how it was laid out. I don't know. But, well, we'll talk about it throughout the day right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Why? Why? Now, to be clear, we should say that Brad McMurphy and his story did say sources, but it seems a little bit too specific for me for just sources. Kevin Warren showed his hand. It's exactly what happened here, and I don't know why. Um, I mean, it's... Smack dab in the middle of Big Ten media days when Kevin Warren spoke yesterday. So, 
sources could very well mean Kevin yeah. Warren. I just I don't get it. Why? But then again, in that same vein, there are three glaring omissions from anyone on that list. And that's North Carolina, Virginia, and Clemson. And there's two kind of shocking additions in Stanford and Cal. Now, I was led to believe by reporters in Stillwater that Oklahoma State was on the list for the Big Ten. Um, but not, I, I'm still kind of surprised that a Kansas isn't under consideration. Reporters in Kansas City would tell you that. They are still very oh, much really? under consideration. Was it, oh, was it Kansas City? Am I getting mad at Stillwater people when it was the Kansas City people that are like, Kansas is on the verge of joining the Big Ten, or did it happen at OSU too? All of it's running together. Yeah, I, I forget which reporter it was. There was that one guy up there that oh, hit okay that we're still watching TV. Oh, no. Oh, I, no. I have, to, I have to make sure that I don't miss the debate as to whether or not Kyler Murray made a mistake by signing a $200 million contract because so he had dumb, a homer isn't it? Cro- Suffice it to say, there are some KU reporters that thought that thing was a done deal. Cal Stanford, right? Yeah. It seems surprising on the surface. Where's your article? Is your article still on Hawkeye Wire right now? Yeah, if you just type in Hawkeye's Wire top 25 Big Ten expansion, it'd be one of the first things you find. Cal and Stanford gives you that Bay Area market. I think they only take one of those two, but it makes sense for the Big Ten to – Go that route and stick with the importance of their academics. And Stanford, again, I think could be a little bit of a bargaining chip for Notre Dame. It gives you that opportunity to sell Notre Dame on, okay, hey, you've wanted to always play this coast-to-coast type schedule. Stanford's a long-term opponent of yours. And here you go. Now they're in the Big Ten Conference. And Stanford's been good, right, at times at – a multitude of sports basketball eh, okay not so great there but Stanford football pretty good and again it gives you a little piece of that San Francisco Oakland everything right in there Mm. um I don't know it's 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 fascinating to me they would not be when I did my big board of Big Ten expansion rankings, the the show-me-the-money rankings, Plank. Not that crap about academics and this and that. No. Who's going to get my pocketbook a little bit thicker? Who's raising all of our per-school payouts? As I have learned, by the way, in this process, there's no such thing as too much money. (laughs) No, there is not. Notre Dame, number one, we all know that, right? (laughs) That's right. Florida State and Miami were my two and three on that list. Um. Can I go through your list real quick? You may. Here's Josh's top 25. Now, do you have these ranked in any particular order? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's worst it's to first. You. Worst to first. Now, I will say, by my, by my quick view, I won't lie, I am a little bit surprised by the Big 12 teams that I am seeing outside of, of Kansas. And you have Oklahoma State very high. Now, and I guess it should be clear, you have 25 on this list, and there's about 25 teams that we see as being viable candidates for other conferences. And if there is one thing that's been fascinating that we've learned through this process, that according to some reports out there, when the Big Ten was looking at some teams from the Big 12, there was one team. There was one team that, that really jumped out to them. And everyone's like, Kansas, can't. No. No, apparently it was Houston. So I believe what you want. But you have them at 25 on your list. Yeah, and Houston – could be a lot higher on this list. They could. They could. It, 
It's all about markets, right? It, the Houston but, market. But you had Baylor at number, f- what, five on this list? I think they're a little further back than that, aren't they? Uh, Miami four, Clem- or Clemson four, Baylor, or Oregon five. Sorry, sorry. I saw the green as I was scrolling by, and I kind of got a little bit I think perplexed. they're, what, like seven, Hold eight? On, this is a very long list. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Notre Dame one, Florida State two. So, so far in line with the report. Um, Miami three. Miami the Big Ten doesn't seem like – I get it. I get it. From a geogra- Geography doth not matter, especially when you're talking about an area that the Big Ten isn't in yet, right? They're on the West Coast. They're in the Midwest. They've got their, their northern markets, if you will. They've tried to push onto the East Coast and in New York and in D.C. They haven't really pushed anything in the South yet. Not, no, they no haven't. Way. And then Miami and Florida State would be fascinating because that would get them into the South. Florida State – I had them in front of Miami really based on the fact that they've rated a little bit better recently, but culturally, doesn't that just, I mean, some of the things you just talked about, doesn't Florida State just feel like more of a Big Ten school than Miami? Yes. Like the idea of Miami's history and, you know, everything that the U has been, I mean, it'd be exciting to see them play in a Big Ten schedule, but they don't really feel like somebody that fits in in the Big Ten. No, they don't. I just... I don't. I. I. If you in in my view, in my vision of what I see that fits in the Big Ten, and I've talked a lot with a, a a very special source on this. There, there are certain sports that aren't viewed as important in our fair world or conference that are massively important in other conferences. Do you know beyond football and basketball, what might be the number three sport in the Big Ten? Lacrosse, volleyball. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> volleyball. But they have they have good lacrosse programs. Let's not get it wrong. But I'm sorry, lacrosse bro- belongs to the Ivy League. Maryland's a hell of a lacrosse program. ACC pretty good at lacrosse. ACC, very Syracuse, good. Syracuse, and North Duke. Carolina, Virginia, very good programs. Virginia won the national championship last year. I just wanted to warm our lacrosse fans' hearts this morning. Are you kidding? They're not listening to us. They're listening to NPR and sipping hot tea and figuring out all the problems with the world. It's an elite sport. I'm kidding. But volleyball. Like, we, we were softball and baseball. Baseball might be number two in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's huge. And it's you huge mentioned, in the You SEC. mentioned the ACC beyond football and basketball. You're right. Lacrosse might be up there, like, in the top three. So... You know, it's, it, I, I get it. Everyone's like, oh, it's all football, it's all football, it's all football. And you're right. But you do have to start looking at some of the programs that matter to these conferences. You're probably – like, for instance, whenever some of that started with Oklahoma State to the Big Ten, Oklahoma State doesn't have a volleyball program. You know, it's a big deal in the Big Ten. Could it be something to where they're like, hey, get a volleyball program, we'll consider you maybe. But I, I you, you have to – you have to have their laundry list of power sports. You're probably not getting into the SEC if you don't have a baseball program, okay? It's just Iowa State's never going to be in that mix. No. So, so sometimes while we think football, 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 it's right and it's correct. But you got to take that broad view. Anyway, back to the point. So to me, when I think like cultural and good fits, Miami and Florida State seem and Clemson seem a heck of a lot better fits in the SEC than they ever won in the Big Ten. Agreed. And I'll be honest, when you're up to 16 now in the Big Ten in the, in the SEC, I would almost, I mean, of all the conferences where regionality still makes some sense, 
the SEC is it. Yeah, right? they they it's done a good job of expanding, but the expansion has a regionality that makes sense to it. So whenever people try to say, well, what about Oregon and Washington? I don't think they have any interest in in pushing that far west. Because if they did, they, they would. I think, are, is it going to be Columbia or Norman that's going to be the westernmost outpost of the, of the SEC, right? I think it's Norman. It, yeah. I mean, we're not pushing much more west than that. So when people say Miami and Florida State, my my head kind of and explodes. That doesn't seem to fit in the Big Ten. I think a Notre Dame. I think maybe since you're out west, get a couple more partners, an Oregon and Washington. Maybe, you know, I I don't know. We all say 20 is a magical number. Maybe it goes further than that. I don't know. But there's – 24 for each? There's some strategy to this getting out yesterday. There really is. It's just – and to have the teams excluded – that were excluded, I find very interesting, especially when they're talked about as much as they are in North Carolina, Virginia, and Clemson. Clemson, Clemson should be on everybody's list. I get that maybe they don't have the same markets that, and, and it's very market driven, right. right? Right. Greenville would be what the big market for Clemson. It don't. It don't matter, baby. They're drawing right now because they're. Clemson, they're winning national championships. They're playing in the college football playoff with regularity. You take a chance on a school like that. You bring them in. Quick break. Let's hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's hopping at 405-651-3439. Um, we got a guest today. We do. And, now, and this is one of your boys? Yeah, this is – for those of you that feel like from 9 to noon with Josh Homer is torture every morning, you can blame this gentleman for giving me my start in broadcasting. Oh, okay. All right. And he's got... He's got a new gig, right? Yeah. I, do I share what it is now? Sure. The new, new Southern Nazarene head bowling coach. They're starting Toby, up a bowling program. Toby Rowland is going to be so happy to be promoting up Southern Nazarene here on our program today. You just brought a smile to T-Rose face. Mark Jeffries, by the way, joining us at 1135. The new SNU... Nice. Head bowling coach. Top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino at 11 and much more on the home of Sooner fans. Yeah, we got to get to that later. Lane Kiffin, I guess, is having to jump on every talk show this morning to defend his program after Matt Corral said he took the easy way out. Yep. After Matt Corral said, God, I hate Ole Miss. Why did I play there? I I guess. So I guess he, he regrets going to Ole Miss, Matt Corral. That's what I'm led to believe without having read or seen. Oh, really you haven't his seen the story. Comments. So, I, I don't even, you know, to be honest with you, it was it was one of those things that uh, it, it kind of popped up out of nowhere. But he was he was asked by the Charlotte Observer okay. about his decision to play for Ole Miss, which I don't know was someone who was did they tip him off? It's like, hey man, ask Matt Corral about. Oh, Matt man. Corral has been stewing back there, telling every teammate he can find he's really upset with how things played out at Ole Miss. I took the easy way because I felt I could play right away, Corral said about his decision to play for the Rebels. Knowing what I know now and trusting my instincts and trusting my work ethic, I would have went to a place that would have made me compete. I, I mean, It's curious because it's gone so well for Matt Corral. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is where I need. This is where I need Parker Thune. Um, 
but the dude committed to two different schools and and neither one of them were necessarily rock star programs over the last few years he he committed to to USC and then he went to Florida and then he chose Ole Miss so I mean he's a Ventura California guy Maybe for him it was, I didn't want to go to USC because, and by the way, USC, during you go back, um, we're talking, what year, 2018, whenever he was being recruited, oh, USC had a few quarterbacks that were in that mix, right? Yeah, he really, as he reflected on his recruitment, he should have probably said, thank God I didn't go to USC and stay away from that's, that dumpster fire. That's the best decision I ever made. That, that's kind of what's, what's confusing to me. Anyway, it's it's just weird. It was a weird story that popped out, and then your boy, Kirk Ferentz, is it? Are we going with Ferentz now? Is he Ferentz? Okay, gosh, there's another shift for a lot of us. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, after um, basically everyone has talked about nil being a problem, not in getting players played, players paid, but in kind of the way that it's played out. He has a stance about, hey, salary cap, those different conversations, and everyone runs with it. And I'm thinking to myself, we've been talking about this for like five weeks now since the start of media days and everyone's acting like it's breaking news it's breaking news baby because head football coach of the university of iowa kirk ferentz said it he 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 has though and he's been dating back before big 10 media days in you know some private conversations that have gone public with some of the reporters up north he's been very much without directly saying hey i'd like to see college football have a salary cap he said I'd like to see college football have a salary cap and has talked a lot about, you know, all the great decisions the NFL and their ownership made along the way to protect their sport. And I love college football and we don't want to lose track of this thing the way it's going. So, I mean, look, he's been pretty open and honest about it that he doesn't like the idea that Ohio State can at a booster function, sit there and stand up and say, hey, we need $13 million to put this roster together. He wants everybody on a level playing field, which I think most college football fans would agree with that. Yeah, you would think. Except for maybe A&M fans. You would think, right? But it's fine. He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Can we get to a salary cap? That's the million-dollar question. And And how can you implement a salary cap whenever – it's not controlled by the university, right? If Now, NIL, you have to clear, and if any of the people in administration hear this and are like, no, no, this has changed or that's incorrect, my understanding is nothing has changed on NIL since it was introduced a year ago. They give you two rules. Number one, it can't be used for enticement, which is hilarious how much it's used for enticement and number two is there's scheduling elements of it right you can't have an IL event scheduled where you're like during team functions coach gotta go you know I gotta I gotta go I got a signing over at Balfour yeah I'm just using that as an example yeah no it's okay uh I'd love to sit here and practice free throw shooting with you but <laughs> yeah. I gotta go the university cannot do anything but be a resource right they can't sit here and go all right Here's the collective you need to sign with, and you should make this much money. It's just not how it's supposed to be. Supposed to be. So it's like, oh, they, you're going to implement a salary cap. Well, how are you going to do that whenever the university, in theory, has no control over it? It's a good, I mean, great questions, right? You need some sort of 
governing board for sure. it. Yeah, it's just a total restructuring of that in general. Uh, I love uh, what's going on in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, here's uh, for the 972. Can you just reset? What are the new rumors about conference realignment? I missed the new buzz. Well, it's it's really not anything new. It's it's kind of along the same lines with you know, what we've talked about yesterday. But according to reports, you know, Kevin Warren has somewhat shown his hand where uh, Brett McMurphy says the school's being considered by the Big Ten for expansion are Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Miami, and Florida State. When I say add value, value is important. But I just look at the fit. You know, by the way, thinking of that, that's a quote from Kevin Warren. Thinking of that, Josh, it's pretty wild to think. If you're talking about the fit, USC and UCLA don't fit in the Big Ten. No, and Miami definitely doesn't. I, mean, I look at the fit. No, no, you don't. You look at the dollar signs. Why do they lie to us? I, I know exactly the, the, you know, AAU and how important it is. Stop it. It's not. Oregon is not ranked high on the AAU list. No, they're not. But guess what? They're good at football. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and they, they bring ratings. And then real quick from the 405, there's a bunch of them here, and I just I wanted to make sure I got a few in this segment. The reason he dropped it is because it's negotiating time for the Big Ten. I would think 20 teams is the big bump in money in their TV contract. Well, well I think they've already had a substantial but, but, bump. Yeah, yeah. here's the thing, though. It's it's here, right? That that conversation, that negotiating is, is at the – they're on the one-yard line, and they're getting ready to quarterback sneak in for a touchdown. This isn't something to where, you know, they've circled back now to uh, the Apple TV Pluses and things of that nature with the addition of USC and UCLA. There'll be clauses in there that say, hey, upon expansion, this dollar figure could go this amount, I imagine. But this is what they're going to, quote-unquote, market with. They're going to market with the 16 that they have right now on their new deal. And, and they're going to get a big contract. Well, they're going to get a billion from Fox. Right, and then it's just a matter of if it's CBS, NBC, ESPN on that second level, and then if there's a, uh, a streaming. streaming platform, yeah. right? So anyway, well, we'll hit the rest of those uh, texts next. I had a great conversation on an Alabama radio station involving Oklahoma. It was very, very long, very long conversation. I want to get into it at the top of the hour because uh, an Oklahoma football question was asked, and I, I, I enjoyed it because it was actually an on the field conversation, um, but I didn't know how to answer it. So we'll get into it coming up after the top of the hour. More of your text to wrap up Hour 1 brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. VHFence.com, 405-735-1167. All right, final segment of Hour 1. Uh, Travis points out, and this is uh, the genesis, was the Charlotte reporter had asked about competition. And Matt Crow, I guess, had never really had to compete for his job. No. Which I think. He's not prepared for this. Which as I think Lane Kiffin just went and said, "Yeah, he competed for his job every single year." <laughs> so good for Lane. So basically, I be- believe what you want, but I don't. I don't even understand. Hey, I, no offense to Matt Corral, but he's not really even in this competition. It's Baker versus Sam, right? I mean, he's still he's still healing a bit. This dude cannot stay out of the headlines. For, and I and I like him. I wanted to see him. I would have maybe taken a shot on him a little bit higher, but. Boy, the stories that came out leading up to the draft. Jeff Levy's got to be a happy dude to have his guy Dylan Gabriel back based on <laughs> some, <laughs> some of the things you're hearing about Matt Corral. And you know, it's wild. I forget about just how wild the quarterback offseason movement has been 
in in the because we're so pigeonhole focused on right, right Oklahoma and the Big Twelve and a handful. What's going to happen with I Baker? Mean, right, uh, but, but the, and I don't mean just in the NFL. You're talking college. I'm talking college. It's dude. It's Jackson it's Dart to Ole Miss. Right. Um, who is the um, Keen Slovis to yeah to Pitt? He's the starting quarterback at Pitt now. Yep. It's like what? JT Daniels, West Virginia. It's just all these guys that I heard great things about during the recruiting process, and now they're on their second and third school, and they haven't done a damn thing. Quinn Ewers. Texas, of course. A&M's. I, I mean, they've gone through a couple different guys in <laughs> yeah, the process. They got, they got that lousy uh, son of Brad Johnson over there. Who was supposed to be the starting quarterback um, for LSU, and then they, they got out there and like, oh. Yeah, there's some about people that are this. really high on him too. A lot of Max Johnson, yeah. Who is he competing with? There's somebody else in the mix at a Well, too. they've got the the injury back from King Haynes, who got hurt last year, and Connor Wegman, who was uh, and is, I guess I should say, the freshman that's coming in. Who, as every single player in the history of Texas A&M, who's a white quarterback uh, and a little bit smaller, is compared to. Johnny Manziel. So, <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That's that's who they they've got uh, six guys right now that they have apparently competing for the starting job. So yeah. it's probably going to be Max Johnson, though, right? You would think, but uh, King Haynes was a the guy they were really high on last season. So we'll see if he can hold off Wegman and Max Johnson. All right, quick break. We're caught up. When we come back for hour two, I was on uh, Tuscaloosa radio yesterday, and I was asked a question on the Sooners. I need your help with. We'll get to it next.